Hello? Yeah, I just landed. I'm not really sure. Am I home yet? Hey everybody and welcome back to the Am I Home Yet podcast. I'm your host, Oli, your resident third culture kid living in Thailand, on search for the answer to the eternal question, am I home yet? As you can see in the title of this episode, this is not a regular episode. This is a special episode. These conversations are going to be uh, snippets from episode 3. So if you haven't listened to episode 3 yet, I suggest you go back and listen to episode 3 first if you don't want to be confused about what we're talking about. In episode 3, Pinky, an old friend of mine, and I discuss about transitioning from an international community in an international school to an international program in a local Thai university. We had a two-hour-long conversation, and I just couldn't include everything in the official episode, so I decided to take some of the important parts of our discussion and include them all in this episode instead. We do get into topics such as choosing schools, um, differences between languages, specifically the languages that we speak, which are Mandarin, Thai, and English, as well as a trigger warning for a sensitive topic. We get into discrimination, racism, and bullying in school. So if you know that these topics are triggering to you and you are sensitive to these topics, then you might want to skip the part where we discuss about this topic. Other than that, I think that's all for this special episode. For the next episode, I'll be, it'll be a regular episode. I'll be getting into a new topic, either with a guest or alone. We'll see. So for now, I hope you enjoy and let's get started. For your student body, were most people were most people from an international school or a Thai school or an English program? Um, I did meet a couple of our, you know, classmates that also went to international schools like I did, and there were some others that went to smaller international schools, and then there were a few that went to a Thai school. So it was like a good mix. Unlike mine, where most most of the people did come from a Thai school or uh, a few people did come from an English program. I'm just like wondering though if like some of your classmates that went to a Thai school and like you said they prepared like they studied in Thai for an English exam. I was just wondering why they didn't apply to the Thai program instead. Mm-hmm. If they were aware of their level of English wasn't as proficient as you know what a typical international program would demand I would I have I have two guesses Mm -hmm. so there's the Thai central examination that happens every single year for 12th graders and it is one of the hardest university examinations probably not as hard as in Korea and China because I heard that those were those are like life life or death but in Thailand, it's, it's pretty competitive as well. Um, I'm guessing that they failed to take those exams because there's a lot. There's the, there's the central examination and there's also a bunch of other exams for specific courses like Thai, a third language, science, 
um, art, like specific, specific subject tests, like the SAT, there are subject tests. In Thai, there are subject tests, and they have to take a specific test for a specific faculty. So I'm guessing that they didn't want to spend the time to take those tests, to study for those tests. Instead, they opted to, you know, taking our, taking the university, like they choose one university, for example, our university, and take their test. It's a lot cheaper and they only need to take two for English and for science in, in, the, case of my in the case of my faculty. So I'm guessing it's a lot easier to go through the direct admission, which is what we did, a direct admission, than to go through the entire central examinations. Or two, they want to, their parents, or they want to practice their English. They believe that going to an international program would be, would one, increase or improve their English proficiency, and it would look better on their resume if they graduated from an international program. They would have that sort of buffer or benefit that they probably are good at English if they graduated from an international program. That's my guess. All right, then. There were some groups who did experience discrimination in our school, even though it was mainly Asian, but like some people, I, after looking back at our student population, there was a lot of bullying, don't you think, when it came to like being a different race or a different, someone who had a different identity. I was actually gonna talk about that actually. Um, like when I saw the word international mindedness, when they were trying to describe what an international school is, I just, <laughs> I wanted to laugh <laughs> because, you know, I, you know, my best friend, like we, we know who my best friend is and she's Indian. And, you know, we have a couple of Indians in our grade as well. Mm -hmm. But I've always noticed that like ever since, like, I think it was an early like middle school, that's when I actually started to really notice the discrimination against towards Indians in particular, like even up until high school. And I think even till when they graduated high school, like some of these people, they would be making these very stereotypical comments about Indians, like saying they smell, you know, they smell like curry or, you know, they have dark skin. Like they've always, it's always about their skin color, like how about how dark it was or, something about their food, something about their culture. And they were all really nasty comments. And I remember in the sixth grade, I had another um, Indian friend who told me that like this, like my, before she became, before this other girl became my best friend, like there was this one girl who was being discriminated for her skin color. And I, I just, and the people were making all these comments about her. And I just like, I just didn't understand why, because we were, you know, we're in an international school and we should be aware that, you know, people can come from different backgrounds, people can identify differently, and we should be, we should be respecting people, you know, regardless of whether or not we do study That's in international true. school. Yeah, like, have some, like, people, some people in our grade, like, have no basic respect. They, they just think that they can say 
whatever crap they want with, exactly. without thinking that without thinking that it can hurt other people's feelings. And I became friends with this girl, and she's like my best friend since then. And I, when I did became best friends with her, I was like, you know, I don't understand. Like, why are people making these like stupid comments? Like, she's a nice girl. Like, we get along fine too. And I've noticed like colorism towards you know other people and towards my other friends as well. It was just so like when I think about when I saw that word international mindedness, I was like, some people are not great, don't have an international mindset despite going to an international school since they were a child. And I think that's pretty sad because, you know, we've been exposed to English as one of our first languages. And, you know, even if our student body is still you know mainly thai yes we have like some other asians and we have a couple teachers who are caucasian but still it's just like yeah we're we're studying an international environment like you you should be well aware of these things like you should know that different cultures have different things going on and people just look different not everyone's going to look the same and i just did i just did not i could not fathom why people were thinking that way but you know stereotypes and prejudice and discrimination i think it starts at home it's not just in school i think it starts at home and i i would probably partially blame the parents maybe who knows maybe they were making these type of comments and their children were just modeling after them i mean this is from psychology and perhaps like the internet you know maybe I just don't know. Like, I was just like, I don't know. I don't know why they were making these comments. But yeah, I agree with you. There was a lot of bullying going on. It was not just about race or identity bullying. There was also if you didn't look popular enough or if you weren't social enough for the social people, they would also, you, you, you sense that barrier. Like, they, they wouldn't let you in because they didn't deem you as popular enough or social enough for them. Yeah, but I think that's just high school, you know. It's just school immature bullying. But yes, Ellie, go on. <laughs> no, what you said was all what you said was all true about our school in particular. We don't obviously we're not talking about all international schools in Thailand, just our school in particular. And it was just our school during our time. Of course, we don't know what's happening right now. We graduated mm-hmm. We've graduated for like eight years now, so we don't know what's happening in our school. Mm-hmm. But at, in our time, yes, there was a lot of discrimination and a lot of prejudice, especially against since since it wasn't culturally diverse. I guess people just turned towards hate against Indians because they were the minority. Mm-hmm. I guess that's how all prejudice and discrimination occur you pick at the minority because you feel you are superior you feel you are better than these people and you Mm. would just nitpick them it wasn't just the student body i would also hear a lot of racist comments towards indian teachers as well Mm. about their accent about how they were teaching but then I wouldn't hear any racist comments towards our Caucasian teachers. Exactly. So what is this superiority complex that we have suddenly embodied 
even though it has to do Thai culture actually Mm. like in Thai culture having dark skin is not attractive and I think that was like the one thing I've noticed in particular when they were making these comments about Indians about how dark their skin was like that was just the one thing I always noticed like they would always comment about their appearance their skin color and I was just like what is wrong with that like people come in different shades like what do you mean like you expect everyone to be white as fuck or something like what right and you know how like being the more white you are the more attractive you are in asia and in thailand as well and you know how a lot of thai people they really they really like foreigners especially white foreigners like they have this bias towards them and i think those people who are making those comments in our brain, i think it's because being ex- having been exposed to those aspects, the really, I would say the negative aspects of Thai culture, I think that might have also, might be the reason why they thought they were superior than other people and they just started nitpicking people. Mm. Yeah, and mm. it's, it's unfortunate because again, we are supposed to be an international school. We're supposed to develop international mindedness. I'm not saying, I'm not completely blaming the student population for being 80 to 90 percent Thai, but it does have a prominent effect on developing, on hindering the effect of international mindedness in our school. We might be learning it through our textbooks, but we don't fully embody it because we are not putting these practices into action. Can I just offer a psychology perspective now that I've just kind of thought about it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in psychology, we have this thing called in-group versus out-group. And I think because, like you said, the majority of the student body population is made up of Thais, I, and the minority being like, oh, maybe a couple Koreans, a couple Taiwanese people, and a couple Indian people, I think a lot of the Thai people who are making those comments, perhaps they had a very strong sense of belonging in terms of the in-group, which is Thai people. And they saw these other people who are not Thai as the out-group. And people who have an in-group membership, they tend to favor their in-group. And they tend to see the out-group as an outlier or something. Maybe they have a negative connotation that's associated with the out-group. And so that might have also boosted their ego in a way and thought that they were superior just because you know the in-group people were mostly Thai people and the out-group were just a couple other types of Asians that they didn't think were worth their time. So I had multiple orientations. There was the orientation for the entire university, then the orientation slash camp. It was a three-day camp for my faculty. Um, During the camp, I had that same fear because I didn't know if I was Thai enough. At that time, I was still pretty self-conscious of my Thai because it wasn't up to par. At that point in time, I still spoke English with our friends in high school. I never attempted to speak 100% in Thai to anyone. Going to that camp was the first time I had to communicate only in Thai. I couldn't communicate in English at all because 
I didn't know who was from the international program. And a lot of people, when I introduced myself, they would always introduce, did you get this too? A lot of people who introduced themselves would introduce their name and their school. And the people who were from the same school would usually become friends right away, even though they were not friends in high school. So it's like, I missed that connection. I missed that initial connection that I should have had if I graduated from a regular Thai school. Because then I would have that, that one thing that would relate me to another person. I kind of felt lost. I didn't know how to identify myself in that group, in that camp. I think I understand how you feel because um, throughout elementary till middle school i took like ballet classes on the weekend and my classmates they were all thai very thai thai and they all went to thai schools and i was the only international kid there and i couldn't speak thai that well so i was also again like you said like the language barrier made me more introverted and i was really quiet and i didn't really speak much to any of my classmates and i felt very isolated in a way sure they were friendly but they also they also were aware of that barrier between us. So I, I understand like when you were talking about how you have to like force yourself to speak Thai fully to other people who were Thai Thai and you didn't even know who was an inter- who you, you didn't even know who was attending the international program. So I understand like how you felt. Um, the other insecurity of mine when it comes to speaking Thai, not just like the thing is though, like listening, reading, writing, I'm fine. I think it's just when it comes to speaking, I'm a bit cautious about my accent. Like there are times um, I have this I had this conversation with my mom before, and she also has like a little bit of a Chinese Chinese accent when she speaks Thai. And we talked about it, and we came to an agreement that it's, it's going to sound really weird when I say this, that English and Mandarin are very hard total languages. Like, I don't know how to say this. I don't know if the listener will understand what, what I meant yeah. by hard, like, no. like a hard tone language. And Thai is a very soft language. Oh. And, you know, since I spend most of my time speaking hard languages, it's really hard for me to transition from a hard language to speaking to a more softer language. I don't know. Do you, do you understand what I mean by hard and soft? Like, it might sound kind of weird. I think, I think I understand it. So mm-hmm. your conversation with your mom was probably in Mandarin, right? And mm-hmm, yeah. you're, you're translating the actual word of like hard yes. and soft. Yes. Hopefully, if some of our listeners are bilingual or like have uh, knowledge of languages, then they might understand what like what you mean by hard and soft. So like give give some characteristics of like a hard language. Like, do you mean the sound of it or the way words are pronounced? It's it's both. It's definitely. But I think it's mainly how we pronounce it. Mm. Whereas I feel like in Thai, sure, like the com- the commonality between the Thai language and um, Mandarin language, I'm talking about the standard Mandarin language, is that we have we have tones, we have different tones, and you're aware of it. You you took Mandarin before. There are different there are different tones, just like 
throughout the entire. There's also different tones too. That's just probably the only similarity I can think of. The way that you pronounce a Chinese character compared to when you pronounce a Thai word is the way that it's gonna, the way you execute it is going to is going to be very different. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I agree because there are some there are some words or like some alphabet you can read it in a different way. And they sound different,、mm. even though even though if you write it in、um, in English in Roman alphabets, like the B or the P, they sound completely different in Thai、mm-hmm. and in, and in Chinese. And like I also like studied, I took like Japanese courses too. And when I speak like Japanese or even when I speak Mandarin, I don't have much of an accent, which is very weird because. <laughs> The number of years I've been exposed to learning the Japanese language is a lot shorter to compare to、mm. my、um, my exposure to knowing the being familiar with the Thai language. But I don't have much of an accent when I speak Japanese, or at least I I think I don't because my Japanese teacher he never really says, "Oh, you have an accent." He never said that, so I don't really have much of an accent. I also don't have much much of an accent when I speak Mandarin. I sound very American when I speak English. I've been told by a lot of people, but when I speak Thai, that American Chinese accent comes out. I don't know why. Oh, that's interesting. Because like、mm. when when you speak Thai, some words you you say it with an American accent, and other words you say it with a Chinese accent. Yeah, mix. Yeah. Like okay, okay, Oli. You say like、uh, I'm gonna say shi fan, and you're gonna translate that in Thai, okay? So just just so that the listeners know like what we're talking okay, about. Okay, okay.、Yeah. So okay. for people so, who don't know what Mandarin sounds like or what Thai sounds like, we're gonna give a demonstration of how like how it sounds different. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm just gonna say like this is this word just means to eat eat a meal basically, shi fan. When you say in Thai. Gin cow. Do they know? Can you hear the difference in like how words are spoken? What's another phrase? What's another example? To sleep. To go to sleep. Should I just say like, well, so maybe you say how like that? Should I just say like the or, full or sentence, <laughs> or just just sleep? Um, maybe just sleep. 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 In Thai, it would be non. Ah, I think I think I I think I hear the difference now. <laughs> like two different tones. There are two different tones. Yeah. So any any polyglots bilinguals here, if you if you also understand what we're talking about, comment under the post at the podcast Instagram at Am I Home Yet Pod if you understand what we're talking about. Like. How so sorry if I don't sound Chinese enough for some people, <laughs> <laughs> or if I don't how if I don't sound Thai enough for some people. Hi everybody, it's Oli again. Just wanted to pop by quickly to thank you for listening to this episode, and if you want any updates, feel free to follow this podcast in Spotify. And follow this podcast's Instagram at Am I Home Yet Pod for any future updates. That's it for now, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.